0: focus on what you can do for the brand because you're not bringing them any value just by buying six out of a hundred products that sell well now you got to figure out what you can do to help them welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast where we focus on the people the products and the process of e-commerce selling today here's your host steven peterson
1: hey wanted to talk a few moments about some sponsors Scope from Seller Labs, um, when's the last time you created a listing, right? And when you create that listing, you've got to come up with the keywords, right? It's all keyword dependent. I don't care if it's uh, private label or wholesale. You've got to get it right. Well, what's the best way to get it right? if you're selling a similar product that's really successful, you go and you take and use their keywords. And that's what Scope does for you. It's a phenomenal tool brought to you again by Seller Labs. The leaders in technology uh, when it comes to Amazon right now, they are just crushing it with all their products. But Scope allows you to get that listing right. Get ranked for those keywords as fast as possible. Therefore, you get the sales. So Go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a little bit of money. Get some free keywords to test. Try it out and see if you see an improvement. If you don't, adjust. What's cool about what I love about uh, Seller Labs is that you then message and say, hey, I didn't get this right, Tyler. Hey, Jeff, this isn't working right. What am I doing wrong? And boom you're going to get the help you need. And that's what you're going to get from Seller Labs. And, and it's a very special group. They've been very, I've been very fortunate to be connected with them. And again, I look over time, they've delivered every single time. You know, same thing I can say for Karen from Solutions for E-Commerce. I mean, she's been carrying my account for a couple of years now, um, and our account, my wife and I. And she really does handle things for us. Um, I mentioned uh, just last week we created a new listing with, I forget how many variations, but again, all the flat files uploaded, done as I needed. I pop in. So she'll send me a template. I pop in some information and then boom, it's handled. Oh wait, These pictures weren't done right, blah, blah, blah. This UPC needs it, boom, modified, adjusted. And again, the communication's been phenomenal too. I get an email pack saying, hey, this was done or this, you're missing this, Steve. Hey, you got to do this. So, you know, we have those challenges too. And that's why I like working with somebody who's been doing it and been doing it for a long time. Did you know Karen also does listings for eBay? Yep, lots of them. So if you want to build out that channel, which of course you should, it's Q4. You should be selling everywhere you can. Um, Karen can help you with that too. So you got to tell her I've sent you. So you're going to go to solutions 4 ecommerce forward slash momentum. You're going to save 50 bucks every single month. You're going to save that $50. But more importantly, you're going to get an inventory health report. Um, did you just get hit with monthly long-term storage fees? Well, guess what? If you haven't, they're coming. You wanna get that inventory right and she can help you with that. You gotta tell her I sent you again, solutions, the number four, e-commerce forward slash momentum, will get you into that. Save the fifty bucks. Get that inventory health report though. That's really, really important. Get that going right away. And I don't wanna miss my coach when it comes to retail orb or online orb. When I have a question and I do, not that we don't we don't really do much of it anymore, but when I do have a question, I go to Gay Lisby. Because why? Because she's really She is a coach. I mean, she's really phenomenal, but she also puts out a daily list and you're going to get that list five days a week. You're going to get tons of leads. The number of uh, agreed to amount that you're supposed to get, she she usually gets to those in the four days. And then the fifth day seems to be a bonus most of the time. Phenomenal group, small amount of uh, buyers where this list is going to. And the best thing is the nuggets that you learn. Hey, why is the red one better than the blue one? Gay can help you with those questions. I saw, hey, I got, um, I got a, the dreaded letter about a brand. Here's the, here's the way you approach it. Hey, receipts. Um, how do? You, what's the best practice? I saw her leading instructions, teaching me, the accountant, how to do a better job with it, and it's phenomenal. So it's Gay Lispy's um, a million dollar selling. Um, I'll have the link in here. You've got to use. Um, the, my, my link, and, and it does help me. I don't want to say it that way, but, um, it's part of amazing freedom with Andy Slamans, Lee Ron Hirschkorn and Nate Slamans. So, you know, you can trust them. Okay. So come out to the website, take a look at it and you will get uh, savings and you can get two weeks free right now, only through my link. You get two weeks free. Try it. You don't like it. I get it back off. But right now is the time to make money. Get cash flow going right now. And so join, you get two weeks free. The only way you're going to get the two weeks free is if you use my link. It's on this episode. Come on out and give it a try. You will not be disappointed. Again, you're going to see me in there. So reach out if I can help you too. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the eCommerce Momentum Podcast. This is episode 354, Kyle Wright. You know, Kyle lives up to his name. He is right about a bunch of things. Um, He's right that he recognizes his abilities but he also recognizes his limitations. He's right when he recognizes that doing this by yourself can be a lonely, you know, not such a great place, but doing it with others that you love and care for um, and that love and care for you equally, that you can trust implicitly, makes this such a better business. He's also right to recognize that he's had some really strong mentors along the way um, and to me those networks that develop through those um, through those relationships are phenomenal and hence the reason he is so right let's get into the podcast all right welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast very excited about today's guest because I think in some ways um, there are some similarities a though first off he's like a third of my age, uh, probably. Um, but you know, he's really focused on his health, his mental health, and then building a business and he didn't do it all right. He's willing to admit that he's willing to say, Hey, I've got to adjust. I've got to, uh, step, step back and Sometimes you got to step back three or four times to move forward. And I think that that is, that's a thing that not many people are talking about. And yet it's its just so important to realize that everybody, I don't care who, the most successful person has made um, uh, not, not wrong choices because it's based on the information you have. You just, what I see is most people fail to put risk into their, you know, formula. And then when the risk comes and you didn't plan for it, then things, you have to step back. And so that's a cool place to get to. And I'm very, very excited about Welcoming Kyle Wright. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks, dude. That's a fair statement. What I just said is that correct?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, And I'm not really afraid to admit it either. You know, we all make mistakes, and we learn from them. But you know, Uh, at your age, how old are you? Twenty-four.
1: Jesus, dude. Oh,
0: (laughs) my shoulders just
1: sunk down when you said that. But but you know, here's the thing: to realize that at twenty-four that these are not fatal choices, these are not, you know, uh, you, you get your, I always say a pencil, it gets sharper because you, you learn from these things, right? And you adjust. And that's the key because that's how a long life well lived is formed. So I think it's very, very cool. The other thing I would say is that I was uh, impressed, uh, you know, this is an early morning interview for both of us, but you were intentional about going to the gym this morning. How important is that? Because you got a lot of responsibility, dude. At 24, you got a lot of moving pieces. How important is your health to keeping things really steering right?
0: Uh, Very important. I think uh, it's important to make sure you stay healthy. I go to the the gym. I play basketball every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, I get up about 5.20, uh, and we're there by 6 o'clock. And I also go to the gym other days to lift as well, so... Well, I
1: lifted this morning. I did my uh, warehouse Wednesday this morning, and uh, and then I go to a sauna every single day that I can. So you ought to look into that. Twenty
0: minutes things about the gym is the sauna.
1: Yeah, 20 minutes in that sauna will take yep. so much crap out of your body, but it also gives you a chance to think. There's a guy in there that writes while he's in there, and I'm always like, dude, I, I love the fact that he's getting whatever's in his head out yeah, actually... while he's in there.
0: I've ruined a few pairs of headphones in there. Take them in there and listen to podcasts or books on Audible, and they get way too hot. I need to start taking like actual physical books in there.
1: My, uh, my iPhone shut down today. It said it was too hot. <laughs> and it's like, oops, sorry. But I was texting. I was videoing. I was doing all these different – that's probably a little overkill. Okay. So um, Kyle is uh, – and I'm going to call him a successful seller because while he's only 24 – you've been you've been doing this for a while right i mean you've been you've been you know in dog years you know you've you've got some you've got some uh long you're long in the tooth as they say uh when it comes yeah. to amazon
0: yeah this is the gonna be the end of the fourth year selling online now I started back in i started researching back in December of two thousand and fourteen and I did that for about a month at the time not knowing I was really missing out on a lot of q four sales um But my first sale was on January 7th, 2015.
1: And so that's a long time ago. Um, When, when, what was it that made it attractive to you? I mean, I understand you working in a pizza shop, you were doing different things, you were in college, but what was it that, that was like, you know, where Chris Green put something in your ear that like, oh, I see something here.
0: Yeah, so I would say it goes all the way back to high school. I, I knew about people selling on eBay. I even bought a book back in high school about selling on eBay, and I never really did anything with it. Um, I went to an auction once, but I just never took action on it. And then once I got into college, uh, during my junior year at that time, I I started doing a little more research. And like you said, that's where I came across Chris Green, uh, his retail arbitrage book, online arbitrage book. I had read those Um and that's when I really decided to just take the plunge and go for it. And but what was it? Well, I mean,
1: there's like there's usually something in somebody that just you know the thrill of the hunt, the instant reward. There's usually something that that's a very attractive to the the real successful people I've talked to.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. The thrill of the hunt, I think, is one of the biggest things in the beginning. Um, whenever I was doing my research, I you know heard about people going out the stores, and I started doing it. And like during that first month of research. I was shopping as well, but I just, I didn't take the plunge to actually sending it in. I don't know why. I don't know what like, held <laughs> me back, uh, but like I had inventory uh, at the time. It was like during the, um, uh, what would it be like winter break at our school. And I think we, we had like five or six weeks. We had a really long winter break here and my, like I probably ended up buying $1,500 or so in inventory before I even took the plunge to send it in. Now, I don't like, I kick myself every time. For her, like not taking that plunge, like the first shipment was the biggest fear for me. But when I got over that and sent it all in January seventh, I sold probably ten items right when they hit the warehouse, and ever since then, never, never looked back. Like that's when I knew that I I could do something with this. It's like a floodgate, right? It's that yep. feeling, um,
1: yeah. That that fear of getting started, I think, is a. Uh, I don't know if there's a book out there called that. That's a good name for a book: fear of getting started, because it's just so hard. I mean, it's just, yep. it, you know, let's face it. You know, you've listened to a bunch of my shows. You you've seen so many of these people. There are so many people that make this look so easy. Yeah. They run into a problem and they can just oh, let me just write a line of code and I'll blah 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 blah. I was watching a guy write a line of code yesterday. I'm like, holy smokes, how does his <laughs> mind think like that? But, you know. That doesn't mean you have to do it at that level. it means you can send in right You can take a few months, send it in and sell ten items and say, "Whoa, okay, yeah, wash rinse, repeat right, figured this yep. out um okay, so you started selling was it books or what were you what were you starting in
0: uh so like at that time, I didn't know much about keepographs, I didn't know about like camel, camel camel because I just started researching, so like it was kind of a lucky time for me because everything was prices inflated in Q4, so I could go out to like Kmart and go to that clearance section. And without knowing how to research stuff properly, I, I did luck out with some RA back then. And, um, you know, I didn't lose money for on potential products that would have, you know, maybe today I wouldn't buy because I know the price is going to go down or whatnot. Uh, but it, that first shipment was mainly RA. But from there, I transitioned into books for pretty much the first six six to eight months maybe of selling. I did just books from Goodwill and book sales. Hmm.
1: One of the things that I think is very cool about your story is, um, A, you're doing it with your friends, so it's it's like mm-hmm. really enjoyable and entertaining, and I'm sure, it's, I mean, because it's like when we travel together, I always think about Andy and Leron, and, and Nate, when we travel together, it's crazy. There's always craziness. It's fun because it you're working, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's kind of that way. Um, the other thing that I really admire about you guys, though, is that you... There's implicit trust, but then there's the ability to expand into other things. You're not just married to Amazon FBA or eBay, you know, or merch. Um, you're into real estate and stuff like that. To me, at 24, to be able to get the breadth that you have um, means that, you know, there's, the future is so bright um, in so many ways. Because there's so many similarities to what you're doing in each business, right? I mean, even rental units, there's similarities yeah. to online. However, there's real distinct differences, and the opportunity to cross the two come across, and you just don't realize, and then it's like, oh, I know what to do here, and I know how to do that. So I think there's there's some great lessons here from a 24-year-old kid. He's 24 people. <laughs> okay, so you, uh, you were uh, uh, um, working, and when did you decide to full-time quit?
0: Okay, so I, I was going full-time at college. I was majoring in accounting, and I was yes. doing... Yes. <laughs> yeah, you were, you haven't been major as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Um, but I was doing working thirty five hours a week as well at a pizza shop delivering pizzas, and that's where actually where I met my current business partners, um, which we can get into that story too. But, but they like, were
1: they were also uh, hustling uh, delivering uh, pizza.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were delivering. Uh, one of them was like one a manager there. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, they were all we were all basically doing the same thing, um, and they they started selling on Amazon as well shortly after I had once they'd seen like what I was doing and i you know, told them about it. Uh, but anyway, so not until my senior year, um, after I'd been selling for just over a year was when I was comfortable, you know I mean? I was in college. I didn't really need a ton of money. Um, you know, cause my, my housing was paid for and whatnot. Uh, which I pay a lot in student loans now for, oh, but sorry. I, no, yeah. That. Yeah. So, uh, And I think it was like February or March of 2016, I decided to quit my pizza uh, delivery job and go still full time college, but full time uh, FBA. I was also starting in merch. I had been selling on merch for a month or two at that point, uh, and I was actually doing pretty well uh, in those early stages. And then I graduated in May, and from right there, you know, I went right full-time into my Amazon business.
1: This leads to me a couple questions, because what's interesting to me is you exposed these three guys um, to Amazon, and they all tried it. Were were they equally as successful? Um, And because where I want to go is that I'm assuming each of them have different Skills and and my I imagine over time you guys have identified those and figured out you know this I'm better at this than you are and you're better at this than I am you know that kind of thing but when you showed them, um, did they all just adapt to it or did some of them struggle?
0: Uh, I would say there was probably some struggles. Okay, but overall, you know, they they they, those three my three business partners now they started a business together. So like I had my own and they had their own. Oh, okay. Two separate businesses. Okay. Um, But yeah, like now, now we we know our strengths. We know what everybody works well doing. What each person likes to do, and we work to those strengths.
1: It's where I was going to go with this point. Is that you know, let's just assume, you know, um, Mr. X. (laughs) <laughs> one of your partners, he uh, struggled with, let's just say, sourcing or whatever, you guys or those other guys would push him through that, make that piece smoother. And then his abilities would be the other. I think that that's one of the reasons that I've seen people who have really, who partnered with other people that have taken it to levels of success is because they're mature enough at 22 back then, I guess, or twenty. 21, 22, 23, um, to be able to step back and say, you know what, Kyle's better at this than me. He's helping me and boom, I can help him with this. That's a maturity, Kyle, not at 22. Nobody does that at your age. You're supposed to do everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Well, I just, I'm, I'm very encouraged by that because I think that again, that probably makes the, uh, the marriage of the four of you guys work so well. Why, why merch um, by Amazon? You're, you're an accounting major, Kyle. You're a nerd. <laughs> you you're not supposed to be good at art you're not supposed to be yeah. that well
0: i i'll be the first to tell you with merch i've never even designed a shirt myself Uh-oh. Uh-oh. so you know i've outsourced it all I, I couldn't even you know tell you how to use illustrator or photoshop um but yeah i've i've never designed like it's not the artistic aspect it's more the business aspect of it that has always intrigued me
1: Hey, where does this business acumen come from? I mean, I understand the accounting degree and I tell everybody don't get a general business degree. It's a waste of time. Get an accounting degree. You can cross platform, you know, you can uh, understanding financial statements, all that kind of jazz is, is awesome. It's, it's pretty key to any business. I don't care what it is. Yeah. However, they generally don't teach you how to run a business. No.
0: Where does that I mean, come from? I've always said that I learned more just by starting out this Amazon FBA business um, about taxes and you know many different aspects of it than I did from actually attending most of my classes. You know, it's not to put down on like the classes or anything because I did learn a lot, but I got like the hands-on experience by doing this and actually teaching myself and learning how to do certain things that I didn't learn in college.
1: One of the statements that you made to me is that the best decision you've made in your business so far, was uh, partnering up with these three other guys. Now, yeah. that's rare. Most partnerships mm-hmm. don't work out. Yeah. How and do you how do you uh, handle communication? Because it's it's four moving. It's four opinions, right? It's four uh, different versions.
0: Yeah. I, there's there's a huge level of trust in in our partnership. Uh, we pretty much trust each other to make a decision, do whatever. You know, we talk. And, you know, buying situations, everything we, you know, we discuss about it and get everyone's opinion. Um, but that, but everybody has their ability to purchase. Like we trust each other, um, to make decisions like that, but we're all there to help each other as well, if needed.
1: When, when, um, when you're thinking about going into a new venture, when, I mean, how does that come up in discussion where you guys are saying, Hey, I've got another idea for us. Uh, how does that conversation go?
0: I don't. I mean, we we throw ideas around daily. You know, we. I mean, we're constantly looking at new things, doing new things, um, and we fail at a lot. And you know, we succeed at some. And I. I mean, it's just a normal everyday thing for us now. So they just toss around an idea, you know, yeah, because yeah. is it? It it's got to be. Um,
1: tainted. I don't know if I want to use that word. I don't think that's the best word. It's got to be adjusted because you guys expanded You're rolling. everything's great. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't right. So how does that, how does that now get factored in when you're making a decision that, whoa, we grew too fast and we're not able to keep up with it. Therefore we had to scale back, which is fair. I mean, I don't think that's unhealthy at all, but how now when you're making decisions, does that
0: play into it? Uh, so are you talking more like big, big decisions? Well,
1: you, you, you make this statement. You said, we scaled up quickly when we merged the companies that year. We hired employees, expanded our business ventures into real estate and a few other small ventures. However, you ran into roadblocks and had to scale down to scale up properly. And, and to me, that's the learning lesson. And that's what you describe it as. It's like a pivotal point where you, you realized, you and I'm assuming the other three guys all realized, whoa, Okay let's do this a little smarter we got we didn't count I always call it risk we didn't factor in these risk things or whatever and they affected us um, and so now though does that uh, affect when you're thinking about making a decision I mean how, do, how did you adjust your decision making maybe that's a better way to say it. a long way to say that
0: <laughs> okay so like just to elaborate on that story um, and I think this is very important for like anyone uh, like you said in the beginning I'm not I'm not afraid to admit that we've failed at things or um, admit our mistakes. Um, but back after we had merged the companies in uh, the end of 2016, we we started growing pretty quick to where we brought on two employees. You know, we we started spending our time maybe where it wasn't best spent. Um, you know, we were doing some real estate research, we were doing uh, a lot of merch stuff, and at our expenses got way ahead of us. And when we finally realized it, like we caught it in time, luckily we, we knew we had to make a decision. We had to, um, basically, uh, you know, get rid of our employees, which was tough for us because they were friends of ours. Um, but they understood, you know, luckily, and this was in the beginning of 2017 when we had to make these decisions, uh, we had to stop spending so much time, you know, researching our real estate ventures and uh, doing so much merch because Amazon was our bread and butter at that point. You know, it's what brought us money, brought in the money to pay our bills, etc. Uh, we we were also trying to like get on other platforms at the time, uh, like Walmart, Jet, eBay, and we were using like a cross-listing uh, software and we spent a lot of money on that when we it probably wasn't the best time. Uh, but yeah, we let we let the everything get ahead of us, and we we had to cut back. We cut back on that cross-listing software because really we didn't have the inventory even at the time to, um, to make make it make sense to even pay the fees for it, and also let the two employees go. Uh, and we just, we sat down and talked for a while, you know, it was a couple of days and we, we knew we had to get laser focus on what we were doing in our FBA business and buckle down and really concentrate on that.
1: And that's, that mm-hmm. part was, you guys were ready, take action, fire aim, right? Yeah. Now, now it's different right now. Yeah. It's okay. Let's pull back. And so I think that's a very healthy thing sure. and it does temper things. Now, you know, I guess it it can ebb and flow. Let me ask you this, because this is an interesting point. Um, When you were looking at expanding into all these other things, was it the fear of missing out, you know, the influence of others, seeing everybody else doing it, and again, making it look easy? And it's not. We only show the easy stuff, right? Everybody makes everything look easy. Nobody says, wow, this is really, really hard. Um, Is that what, do you think, looking back, would you say that's part of it?
0: yeah all of the above everything what you said there um is definitely a part of it uh we we were young too you know i I think we we're 21. we're still young Dude, and <laughs> and I didn't you know i didn't we didn't pay too close attention to our cash flow, and we thought we could take on these expenses and continue to grow, but we just took on way too much we bit off way more than we could chew and you know, we, we corrected it. That's the important yeah, part. Yeah, no, I
1: get it. And and you learn from it. That's, that's yeah, the important part. Absolutely. Not even the correction as much as a learning from it. Here's the other yeah. thing though, and this is something everybody should take away. Uh, channels change outside of your, um, uh, outside of your plans, right? Amazon's going to change, right? These, yep. these monthly storage fees right now that I'm seeing people, all of a sudden we're getting all these people coming into our warehouse because they're all getting killed, right? Mm-hmm. Because of that. Well, guess what? That stuff's going to continue to happen because they're working on their business, And they're not calling up and saying, Kyle, Jeff Bezos here. I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think, right? I mean, this isn't the way the the world works. And so if you don't factor that stuff in that these other places will affect you because they will affect you. Therefore, your business is going to change. And so having that, I call it risk again, having that risk factored in allows you to say, hey, I didn't go all in. I lost a pallet of them. Or, you know, Kyle and I were talking about, um, because they were selling on Rakuten. And this is the God's honest truth. I'm buying Rakuten, I don't even know if it's liquidation at this point, for like three cents on the dollar. There happens to be a warehouse, and they, some people pay for their storage in in their warehouse with inventory and then these guys liquidate these inventory through i'm two or three layers down and i'm still getting it for three to eight cents on a dollar and it's like how is that possible but it is i don't know it is what it is and so you can't build that into your model or if you don't build that into your model it's going to affect you and so the fact that you were able to correct it without an imploding is a big deal that's a big deal dude yeah now, how do you get? How do you get past that now? I mean, you know, because I, I think a whole bunch of people who have done that, what you described, and I think most people, if they were honest, would say they've done the same thing. How do you not look back at it and say, "Man, I'm a mess up"? You know, I would use a different term, but I'm—I don't like that term. But it, it's just because you must feel like that, or at least at the time you did. How do you yeah. get past that and build yourself back up to say, "No, no, no, no. It to, it was something special that we built this. Yes, yeah. we stumbled."
0: Everything we do, you know, is special. It's not, not many people are doing what we're doing. Not many people are able to do as much as we do. And I, I really think even if you're selling on Amazon, period, and something happens, like, you know, like the financial issues we ran into, you, it's hard to look yourself and say you're a mess up. I mean, you've created something great just from nothing, basically. Uh, you know, so I don't really like the fact that anyone would say that about themselves, that they're a mess up of because, you know, they didn't pay too close attention to their financials or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I just, I just don't really, I don't think that way, I guess.
1: Hmm. That's a, that's a big point. You're looking at it. Um, you're grateful for what you have, not what you don't have. And, and, you know, it is something special. Um, so anybody who, you know, and you read all those stories about everybody who has failed how many times, and then they finally hit it. Um, and to, to get most of it, right is a big deal. And so I think that's a perspective issue at 24. You have perspective, buddy. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. loving it. All right, let's talk about real estate. So you guys, uh, I mean, whose idea was it to get into some
0: rentals? Uh, my partner Dalton, uh, his, he's always really loved the real estate game. Um, he's all, he does a ton of research and, you know, he bought a duplex. It was right, right around the time we were partnering up him and, uh, my partners, they, they bought a duplex, uh, on an FHA loan where, they lived in half and rented the other half out um, and that's what business out of. Um, So, you know, that's one of our rentals. And then later that year we bought another rental seller financed and uh, we actually ran our business out of the bottom of it because it was zoned commercial and it had a little storefront in the bottom. So while we were still a little smaller, we ran our business out of that, um, you know, it was probably a thousand square feet at the time. And that's where, you know, kind of double dipped. We had, tenants above us in the two, the two apartments. And we were able to basically use that rental income for free, free, uh, warehouse space at the time.
1: When, um, I was thinking about this too, um, that being 22 or 21, you guys, you know, pile into an apartment together. You don't mind all that, right? You're willing to forgo, Oh, I've got to have, I've got to have the right carpet in my office. You yeah, understand. Yeah. The paint color. I have to you know, let me my designer's coming in to, to design our warehouse and pick the paint. None of that applies.
0: No, we're not, especially my partners, they're, you know, we're not like flashy people. We we don't live way above our means or anything. Um, you know, they've they've always share an apartment. Uh and you know, once they moved once we moved out of that warehouse and moved closer to like where I me and my girlfriend were living uh, like we ran the business out of their apartment that they moved to down here. You know, we're not really, we don't focus on the, uh, the glamor aspect. Well, it's
1: that. short-term sacrifices for the long yeah. game, right? You build it, you're playing a long game, you know, and, and I'm very encouraged to hear that your, uh, apartment units are cash flowing. That's a huge mm-hmm. place to, again, how many people get to say that? right and so you know uh, i'm sure it's not easy and that but so now you're in 5000 square feet which is modest but man you guys move a lot of inventory through there i mean it's it's pretty phenomenal um why why start a prep company
0: uh yeah so basically we we started a prep company because we had the manpower we had warehouse space uh and we decided you know we just there was a few people who we could help and Bob Steele being one of them. Love um, Bob Steele. Yeah, Bob's awesome. Uh, we give 100% credit to Bob. Like we would not be where we are. Today.
1: Well, uh, let's be fair. I, I want to make sure this statement cause I, and I make I make this statement is that you really have had two really strong mentors, two very strong outliers. And I mean, an outlier in the extreme, um, Brianna Miller-Green and Bob Steele. Both of them have unbelievable skills in what they do. And in their, I mean, they are... You know, Brian is uh, forward in 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 front. Bob is so quiet behind the scenes. Most yeah. people wouldn't even you know they look right past him in a crowd and they wouldn't realize what an unbelievable guy he is, what a brilliant mind, and how he just moves along, not not like a turtle, because that that you know it's like the turtle in the hair. He's not a turtle. He's faster than that. But it's uh-huh. it's just like a. I don't know, like a bull or something like that, just charging slowly through and building and building quietly. Like nobody's heard from him in a while, right? Yet he's built this incredible business. Um, So those, that, that mentorship means a lot, doesn't it? I mean, it really Uh, does shape you.
0: Between both of them and also Jeremy, who was there. Oh yeah, Jeremy, I'm sorry. Jeremy Uh, Wilson, uh, yeah another unbelievable outlier. Yeah, they all helped me get to where I am today. You know, I give them all credit for everything. Um, you know, Brianna and I did a lot of merch stuff together in the beginning, and she helped me get to, you know, build my merch up as well as, you know, I was helping them. Um, well, it's all process, right? That's,
1: yep. and again, back to the, being the accountant in the group and having that accounting skill set, that ability to break things down and parse them and pull them back together. Um, that's a skill set. And so, you bring it together with somebody who's got a push forward attitude. You can really, you can really scale with the uh, prep. Are you doing prep for Bob still?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bob with Bob, uh, we do so much with him. You know, we, we share buys with him. He, him and us work together like every day. I I can tell you everything he sells. He could tell you everything I sell. You know, I mean, our businesses are open doors to each other. Um, and you know we prep for him he we send some of our stuff to him if we're um doing any oa and he preps it for us uh we also have a couple other clients with our prep company uh we're not i wouldn't call us like a a typical prep company we're not looking to add a ton of clients we're not looking um, you know, just to take on anyone that will, we, we have a few select people that we work closely with. Well, what and- are
1: you looking for? Because, you know, I mean, and, and this is a chance maybe somebody can get some help because we, we, we don't prep here. Like we have storage for people. That's what we do. Mostly private label. We got one wholesaler, two wholesalers now, but, uh, we're very specific in what we do. We just don't want to do all that stuff because that's just not us. There are some amazing prep companies and that's what they do. Where, where is the sweet spot for you that you can offer value to people? What have you seen?
0: Bundles. One hundred bundles. We we do a ton of them and we have I couldn't even tell you how many bundles we prepped this year for us and for other people. Uh, and I feel that's where most prep companies lack okay. as well. Is they overcharge for bundles and it's really hard to put a price on bundles. And that's why like we only want to work with the select few people that can give us some time or that we can basically give our time to and help them grow their business. Because, you know, when you do bundles, you can't really say, okay, it's a fifty an item, but I have, like, say, eight small jars of peanut butter, I don't know. Jars yeah. of peanut butter. Company. Right. And, uh, if Nobody I'm gonna, could pay that. Yeah, if I'm going to charge you, like, $12 to put eight jars of peanut butter in a box, like, I think it's ridiculous. So we really work with each client individually and, you know, come up with custom pricing based on the bundles and it you know we we know that's not going to be something we can scale into a ton of clients which is like i said why we don't want a ton of people but we, you know, we will be looking to take on some more people in 2019.
1: But it's foundational. And it's funny, it's, that's what we do here. It's a foundation for our business, right? It's way, if you if you build it right. I mean, again, if that's your business, you want to be in the prep company business, have power, more power to you. Um, yeah. That's not my model. That's not something I'm interested in. The few clients that we have, and we have very few clients, but again, they're all relationship driven. They're the ones who can message me from Jamaica this yep. morning while I'm in the sauna saying, hey, could you ship this thing for me, uh, Sean? Um, and, uh, and yet we can act on it and take care of it. That's what yep. I want, right? That's where I'm in that same boat, is that I just want to have those few. So again, if somebody's interested in um, a bundle, um, long game, these are not people that come in and just send one shipment. This is a long play. Somebody who you're looking to partner with in your business that cares about your business, then uh, perhaps this is something. It's called exclusive inventory solutions. And Steve doesn't benefit other than, again, if you find the right person to work with and you guys flow, I win. So that's it. Okay. All right. So, so you're also building that out for yourselves too. I mean, that's another um, value. Now, you're still heavy into merch. Is that correct?
0: Uh, I don't spend as much time like growing my own merch account. A lot of our, my focus has to be in our FBA business every day. Um, so it's, you know, I still have a huge, um, like group of assets and designs on merch and other print on demand companies that, you know, bring in, you know, a lot of money each year. Uh, but it's not my primary focus. uh, Um,
1: you're at, you're on 10 different platforms. I think I counted for merch, right? Um, the other print on demand sites. Um, is that now? Think back to Kyle at twenty-one, where he expanded his business into all these other things. Is that a recommendation you give new merch people? Hey, as soon as you get a, as soon as you get approved for Amazon, you get you know your twenty-five or list up or whatever it is, ten whatever it is. Now, um, put them immediately on all these other places, or is the uh, Kyle the the much older, more refined Kyle?
0: Amazon, Amazon's obviously the biggest. You know, that's where most of the um, sales come from. But I can tell you. Uh, Etsy, T Public, um, Redbubble. Uh, we do really well on Spreadshirt as well. Um, those are our top four, I think, outside of. So merch. say
1: them again. So let, let me. Uh, so it's Etsy. Out,
0: all right. So Etsy, T Public, Redbubble, and Spreadshirt. I think are our top four, outside of merch. Um, that's where I would focus. But you know, Zazzle, designed by humans. They they come in. You know, close behind those four. Uh, but yeah, and, if, and now I, there's
1: uh, there's software that can do most of this for you, right?
0: Yeah, I think there might be some things that uh, do the uploading. Like you said, I really haven't uploaded to these print on demands in well, um, probably over a year now. Uh, it, to like the ones outside of merch, I have done you know some to, my, to our merch accounts, but uh, the other ones I haven't really used any software myself.
1: When um, thinking about, you know, pulling back, you know, swallowing your, not pride, um, just readjusting. I think that's a better way. Readjusting, you know, pulling back, reforming, adjusting, and now you're moving forward. You guys made another pivotal decision um, this past year um, based on, I guess, experience. I think that's, is that, would you say that that's the reason you made that choice to switch into the wholesale and that? Is that based on? experience
0: yeah Yeah, experience uh we could kind of see the way amazon was going um it it was beginning to be tougher and tougher for us to spend our capital doing ra and oa Mm -hmm. um so we really decided to pivot full you know full swing into wholesale um which has led to branding and other private label ventures as well this year
1: how cool is that now? I mean, because you, you had the thrill of the hunt, because you said this earlier, and I don't know if many people picked up on this, is that, you know, the thrill of the hunt is great in the beginning. I think that's the, what you said in the beginning, yeah. right? Yep. You you were pretty intentional when you said yeah. that. It does get old, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't get much time nowadays to go out and do an RA. Uh We still enjoy it if we do. Um, you know, like this time of year, we'll probably do some, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's still fun, but we just, you know, it, it does get old after a while. Like, I don't want to be out there five days a week, seven days a week, you know, shopping at different stores, trying to find a product. And when I can just sit there and order them from my, our um, suppliers now, so much easier.
1: Let me ask you this, because you talk about relationships with your wholesalers and some exclusive accounts, which is ultimately the most awesome way to go. Yeah. What's it take? Relationship-wise, I mean, what do you have to invest in that relationship to get it to a level that? Hey, it's got to be win-win. You can't win every deal, right? If you do, you're not going to be with them because somebody will come along and offer them a bigger. I always say if somebody will put a zero on the end of that check, yeah, on my check they'll put an extra zero on and they'll get the business, right? What What do you invest in those relationships?
0: Uh, you know, I don't ju- we don't just go for go through all their catalogs and find the items that are profitable now. You know, we try to oh. help. Their presence. Whoa, 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 whoa! Pause on
1: this because this is big. Okay, this is this is something. That hopefully, somebody's taking notes. So you're going to a vendor and saying, "Hey, these six things are profitable. I can send these on Amazon." That's the typical spin that most people do. You're saying, "No."
0: Correct. Yeah. We. I mean, you know, there are vendors that we just we don't have time to, you know, say create a bunch of listings for and add a ton of value. But we're, we plan on it. You know what I mean? I, the big thing is adding value to your suppliers. Uh, we have one supplier that we have an exclusivity with. They allowed us to brand register their trademark on Amazon, and we can be the only sellers on them. Uh, and we create listings daily. And like that that brand alone is growing exponentially for us. Um, so really, you've got to focus on what you can do for the brand because you're not bringing them any value just by buying Six out of a hundred products that sell well now. You got to figure out what you can do to help them. You know, well, to- well
1: let's take that though. So, so only six of a hundred sell now. You're still helping them sell the other ninety. Well, probably not ninety four, but a bunch yeah. of them where it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, Are you not, not making money on them?
0: No, no. It's not like you know. You can do their whole catalog at first. You know, we gradually build up. You know, I don't go buy a hundred, a um, hundred of their products that aren't selling well. Um, and like I told you, uh, one of our biggest struggles right now is being having enough time to get all these listings created, optimized, etc., um, for these companies that we're working with. Um, you know, and you, you got to build up to it, basically. You know, I'm, I'm not telling people to go out and buy every single product that they own or that the company represents, but you build up to it. Um, Bob Steele, for example, has a company that. He got, um, you know, rights to sell because he carried their whole line, even some of the items that weren't so profitable. Um, because he's working on representing them on Amazon, so what does that mean not so profitable?
1: I mean, because I think people have to understand he's not losing money. He's just yeah. not making the twenty or thirty percent that everybody yeah. says you must make. Yeah, so he might make one or two percent on those. Yeah, however, from a relationship point of view, that brand is so well represented online. Therefore, nobody else is going to come in and, and take their market position, right? Because brands exactly. have to start thinking about that, right? They, yep. They've they got to sit back and say, hey, if I'm selling water bottles, I'm looking at my water bottle, right? If I'm the water bottle guy and I don't get my giant presence on Amazon with water bottles, somebody else is going to fill that in. And guess what? If the market shifts to Amazon and I'm not there with all my stuff, somebody else has it. So hmm. Yeah. That's smart. That is uh, probably one of the best uh, descriptions of why um, representing a brand in their entirety is so important. And I can't imagine now that, I mean, because it's almost like you become their in-house team in some way, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what we are with some of these companies. You know, we get, say, a couple one-off products from them. Um, You know, we do the pictures. We uh, create the listings, and you know we're basically their Amazon team. You know that's kind of how we represent them to us. I, I feel we've learned a lot about Amazon and can really talk to these suppliers with confidence that you know we can bring value to them rather than just trying to buy the products that are profitable and move on to the next supplier.
1: You know, I was sitting here thinking about this because I wrote this question down and you were talking about with the four and the different skill sets and stuff like that. And you were talking about the real estate guy and how he's so good at researching (laughs) it. And and basically, it sounds like he mastered that. So you didn't have to, right? And your other guys didn't have to. You learn through osmosis, right? Just being around him talking, you get get enough knowledge, but you don't have to become the experts because he is. Is that kind of the way... Is that one of the reasons that you guys are s- scaling so quickly in this this branding world and these wholesale worlds because you're able to um, split off responsibilities and then really get the best from each
0: other? Uh, the way you're talking there, I feel like you're sitting in on our meetings. Or whatever <laughs> we talk, but that that's exactly spot on. We don't all try to become experts in everything. You know, we have people that one of us or one or two of us are good at. Advertising, one or two good at creating listings. You know, you got the real estate. You got, you got it all. We all have our skill sets, and I think that's what's helped us grow tremendously.
1: Um, When I look at the struggles that you are having, where you you know you talk about just manpower and optimizing and all the rest of that, there is another maturity statement in there, though. Um, There are way too many profitable items out there and opportunities to pursue, and -hmm. it's impossible to get it all done at twenty-four. Realizing that you know, you don't have to do it all. You can do it smarter because you've already been down that road when you don't, right? You've already seen that. That's a very cool place to get to at this point of your business. Yeah. Hmm. absolutely. Okay. So what's the best advice you've received? Because I, I, I read it and I was like, Ooh, that's cool.
0: The best advice that I have ever received, um, I, I think it would go along the lines of not making, a, or not being afraid to make connections. Uh, and like we were talking about Brianna, Bob, Jeremy, uh, you know, the connections you make with people in life are what's gonna take you to the next level. Um, you know, we, we made connections, actually, okay, the warehouse we're in, um, the guy that owns it used to run a massive fishing lure company um out of it okay you know they had 114 employees in it and some of the biggest name um baits you've probably ever heard like you've probably seen infomercials on them um huge company well this guy had many connections over in China from his suppliers and things like that so just by making connections with him we now have connections in China with suppliers to get things private labeled um like I said, Bob Steele, we work so closely with him. Bob and us, you know, we share purchases. We do, we do so much together and help each other grow. Um, my business partners, uh, obviously, some of the best connections I've ever made. I think that goes without saying um, at the point where we're at. Uh, well, yeah. But they see the best of you and the worst of you.
1: Isn't that important? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, because, it, you know, you can't be fake and you can't be phony. You've got to be vulnerable um, and to me, that's what makes a relationship when, when you, I wait, when I look at you, if you're on a hundred percent, then it makes me feel bad because I'm measuring myself against it. I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm a wreck. This guy's yeah. got it all together. And then, but when you get to see each other and being vulnerable and, and that kind of thing, that's how that relationship gets deeper. I, I think that that's one of the coolest pieces of what you guys are doing is getting to see the, the good and the bad.
0: Yeah, we're, we're open books. And actually, they're the ones I asked. I said, hey, what are, what are my weaknesses and what are my strengths? Because they're the ones that are going to know. Yeah, you know? they
1: sent me a giant list. Oh my God, I can't read it all. It's just, <laughs> turn out, I'm teasing. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um,
1: okay, so when you think about you know, what's going right for you, right? Adjusting and, 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 you know, I'm going to put your biggest strength is self-awareness. And, and I'm assuming that didn't come easy, but it's still the fact that you're so comfortable talking about it at your age again is so cool because as you mature, um, and you just get more and more comfortable because at some point you don't give a crap. Most everybody else doesn't give a crap, but to be able to get there now and realize, Hey, you know, I've got some skills in that. What else would you say? I mean, if you ever th- if you had to nail it down to what one or two things that men have just given you the ability to have this uh, consistency um, of
0: success? Oh man, that's a tough one. One or two things that have given me the ability to have consistency of success.
1: Yeah, it could be a habit. It could be. Uh, um, uh, a skill set, you know, for me, I'm a noticer. I notice things. Right. And so that's good and bad. I mean, you know, we're, we're in a horror thing. I notice everything. If you're at a horror, one of those horror places, you know, I notice everything and that's terrifying, right? That's not a good time to notice it. But if you're looking to buy stuff, you're a noticer. That's good. What about you?
0: Um, Managing projects and people, you know, putting people where they need to be to get everything done on time, I think is one of my big, big strengths. Um, I, I know like we took on a huge project this past summer. Um, once again, another thing we did with Bob and it's, I, I pretty much managed the whole thing and made, made sure it worked, you know, flowed smoothly from start to finish. Um, I you think you took ownership. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's a big deal. The ability to take ownership and see it through. That's a, that's a very strong skill set. Yeah. Hmm. Um, When I did ask you about internet tools, I mean, there was one that you were like, this is 100%, well, two of them, but I mean, this is, you know, we are letting the data decide for us, right? I mean, have you you taken out the human out of the formula or accepted that the human is the art piece and the data is the science piece?
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a really good explanation. Uh, The software you're, or the tool you're referring to, I mean, it's pretty simple, KIPA. KIPA is like... Involved in all of our buying decisions, and I don't think people really know how to properly read the graphs. Not everyone, but uh, when you really start learning how to read the graphs, and in particularly, particularly with slower selling items, um, when you learn to read these keep a graphs, decisions that you originally wouldn't buy, you may start buying and find out they're actually really good. You know, one one example was an item ranked, I think it was like three or four hundred thousand in grocery. And we turn that around just by reading the Keep a Graph and knowing what's going on. Uh, we sell, I think, probably 50 or 60 of them a month now. And um, what, what happened to the ranks now that you sell that many? They went up now. Um, and most people would have passed on that product like 100%. But now that product, you know, say makes us 250 bucks or so each month. Hmm.
1: And it's just a matter of what what did you see in there because I'm, I'm not sure we gave enough value there what did you see in there what did what what did you look past
0: okay so what I'm referring to basically is you know Kipa has like sales rank and number of sellers chart uh what you really got to do is learn that their sales rank charts don't reflect every single sale um what we really do we rely on looking at the number of sellers graph moving a lot um and that still can't even be relied on 100%. But when you see, say, for example, yesterday, a product I had bought some of, the number of sellers graph was going from, say, like eight down to five over the course of two weeks. But they, it only had one spike in on the um, sales graph. Okay. So we, I know, I can tell you, like, just by looking at the number of sellers graph constantly moving on this product, I, I know this product is actually selling, but keepa's is not picking up the sales on the sales rank. So and why wouldn't they pick them up? Uh, I mean I think it's a software thing. I, I don't think it always tracks the um like higher ranked items as much as it tracks like the lower ranked items like the So it's
1: the frequency they update their data and when they do a sweep of data they, they aren't capturing
0: that data? Maybe. I, I can't really speak okay um in terms of like the But your how, experience is your experience. I mean you've but, seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah using this This tool for three years now, we've really learned um, just by, you know, buying products we may not have bought and we found out they were good. And then we went back and you look at those keep a graphs. It teaches you, you know, you learn a lot by that. So, you know, don't just base your decisions off sales rank chart going up or down um, because there's a lot more to it than that.
1: And again, you with the four of you, somebody's mastered that. Yes. But the other guys don't have to master it. They can explain it well enough and know. And if they get down into the weeds, then the expert, the mastered person, could could pull them out. I, I think that, again, hence the reason you guys are having so much success.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll take one buying decision and, like, say I'm looking it up and I'll send, you know, the link to everyone and get their opinions on it. So, you know, having people to throw ideas off and bounce off, how many of these should we buy, how many of this should we buy, you know, is really, really helpful. Well, that's interesting. Um, have you heard from one of the
1: partners or even, you know, like Bob and, and um, his team there, have you heard from somebody who's changed your mind because you were pretty certain in that and then like, huh? Oh, yeah. Perspectively. I mean, that, but gaining that perspective, right? Yep. That's a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we sit down and we discuss like, why Why are you wanting this many and I only want this many or something like that? And, you know, we talk it out and that's, that would tell, that's what helps us learn to use the tool even better, you know, okay, this is keep, you know, keep is not the only thing we use in deciding, but you know, it's one of the main things like, okay, this is what the keep a doing. Uh, if you look at the sales back, uh, last year at this time, you know, that's one of the big things too. We look back at the previous year at this time, cause we're, we're big seasonal sellers. Like we rotate our seasons out very efficiently. Um, and so we've really learned to predict and evaluate seasonal products, um, based on the category. So,
1: And and then you have that history year over year, the experience with it. And then I guess, I'm guessing when you're looking at wholesale accounts and you're looking at bringing them on, um, you can look for those seasons, right? You're connected. So if you're selling Halloween, let's just use that example. Um, So you're looking for other Halloween related items because you want to expand that. Um, I was thinking about this. When you guys discuss things, I mean, do you guys have formal meetings? Like, I mean, do you get together or is it really informal because you're together so much?
0: uh we we meet every week. Okay, um,
1: so you really have an official meeting every week.
0: Yeah, Monday mornings right after like I get done with basketball, we usually meet um say like Dunkin Donuts or somewhere and get a coffee and sit there go over some of our numbers and what we want to do for the week. We game plan every week out basically.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm excited to talk about the value that we're going to add to people because I'm very interested in what you're doing. Um okay, so if somebody's interested before I ask my final question, um Facebook, it can they can PM me on Facebook, right? Yeah. Um, but you also have uh, an email, and I'll put that out there. support at exclusiveinventorysolutions com. And again, they're not taking clients right now. But again, if this is somebody you connect with, if this sounds some, something, you know, I don't benefit until you find the right person and it works with you. Then I benefit because that's just awesome to me, right? That's all it's, I want.
0: Okay, email and um, if you're interested, in anything like that. But to get in contact with me directly, Facebook is. The best way so
1: okay all right so you know the goal of the podcast is to help people move forward and man you've you've put a lot of thought into this and i don't want to that's why i'm leaving enough time because it's going to be a little long but it's worth it because i think this is where because a lot of people you know hey put systems in place sops steve everybody's got to have sops right but that's not easy you know and when you start putting it down you're like uh oh this is harder than i think it sounds like you guys have really found a way to master that. So let's talk about that.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, that's my suggestion is systemize what you, you know, no matter where you're at in the business, like I wish we would have started doing this much earlier because it would have been much easier. We'd have had a lot less to do. Um, and we still have a lot of systems to put in place. Like it's it's never ending, I feel. Um, but, you know, we get, the, get them in place and our team can start, you know, taking action on them. So we use software, um, Lucidchart. Uh, That helps us create decision trees. Um, So say for replenishing suppliers, we teach, um, we have a decision tree for our uh, managers that can just go through it and use the other softwares we use like Forecastly or um, uh, Sellerboard, I think is the other one that Jason, my one partner uses a lot, Um, but basically a process to show them how to go through these two softwares and decide what we need to replenish, how many units down to like the exact number. And, um, and just, yeah, I mean many different things like that, like replens, warehouse prepping, for example, for whenever we hire new employees, uh, we bring them on and, you know, we have these, diagrams I mean for something as simple as how to bubble wrap an item how well to- but you guys are building bundles
1: I mean that's critical yeah. right yeah. I mean that's a perfect example of something that if you don't have a plan you're yeah. going to lose money
0: the way we try to look at it is okay this is very simple for me to do but like if I just bring some random joe off the street are they going to know how to polybag an item and label it you know um so we no
1: the answer is no
0: exactly <laughs> Exactly. So and um, no to
1: the standards that you require, let alone Amazon requiring. Right? I mean yep. that that's a that's an important thing to think about.
0: Exactly. Um, so yeah, we use Lucidchart to create these decision trees, and then another software called Sweet Process, um, which basically allows us we can input um, like our decision trees into it. We can add videos to it and step by step processes, um, and this basically helps us create an employee handbook on how to do different tasks uh, in our business and As we continue to grow it, it's going to help us move further and further away from the little tasks that need done every day to where, you know, our managers and other employees can do that and allow us to focus on bigger picture items.
1: Well, I think uh, let's just say it this way too. You don't want them getting mired down, making these little silly decisions, right? Yeah. Those you want them adding value in the the big decisions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that people think you know, you know, oh, the way I put that poly bag on. There's no art to it. You put a poly bag on it, right? Big whoop. However you know, um, Hey, if we put these in a different bundle and we do this and that, and now all of a sudden you could sell this color blue or whatever, you know, those are valuable decisions. And that's where you want input from people on that. Is it also make it easier again, you know, I'm going to go back to, because you have such a large group of people that somebody is really good at this and, or they figure out something else. They can just go in and put it in place, move it right across your whole network and everybody starts doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically every i mean it's not i wouldn't call our processes the most uh smooth out there you know i will i'll never claim that um i always think we have places to improve and i'm always open to taking any suggestions as well and i think that's where um my ability to you know say like i'm wrong with this or what that we talked about earlier um really really benefits us uh so like for example our our managers they they actually used to be designers for us um and they lived in Bosnia. They moved here at the beginning of the year and we were able to give them full-time work from the time they got here, which was really awesome. But for example, now they're going to be going back to Bosnia to visit their family for a month um, next year. We have these systems in place to be able to give them all the information and training they need to be able to do stuff like that for us rather than just managing the warehouse. Um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And again, it's, it, I think you described it earlier. It's a flowing
1: document. It's a, uh, it's alive and it's yeah. got to move these things, but it's, again, it's just not creating an SOP. You've got real processes. And I've took a look at this lucid chart. It's really strong, super strong. Yeah. Um, and I can see the ability to, to use that sweet process too, to have it in one place consistently. Yep. And so it's just like, um, Hey, I, how do I do this? Oh, go look out there. My bet is it, you know, you're not asking uh, you know, everybody says there's no such thing as a dumb question. Well, I'm in the middle of something and you're coming in and saying, Hey, does a polybag face left or right, you know, or something stupid like that. That is a dumb question at that yeah. point. <clears throat> and so the fact that they can go out, excuse me, they can go out and look at these things. And then, you know, without having to ask, I think it's just so smart because it, it, then I don't feel so dumb asking the question. You know what I mean? And uh, having think,
0: those documents in place too, when we're traveling, for example, is great when they can't reach us to like ask a simple question like oh, that yeah. you know they can great points so that's a great point
1: dude I'm very very excited for what you're doing i'm I'm very excited to see somebody again to see a group of guys at twenty four um, figure it out. Um, let me tell you, as an old dude, more than double your age, um, I wish I had that um, confidence and self-awareness at your uh, at my you know when I was back at that age. But the fact that you're there is just going to take you places that you 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 just uh, you can't. Um, you can't even imagine at this point. And, and then the relationships you've developed and the give and take in relationships. That's the number one thing. It's not all take, 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 take. You've got yeah. to give. And I just yeah. think it's so cool. We I'm very excited do for you. What
0: did receive? Yeah,
1: I'm very excited for you, buddy. I, I really am. And and uh, I'm, I'm really thankful you took the time. Um, I have the contact information. Again, it's going to be his Facebook link or that email, which I'll have it on this episode. Dude, I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much.
0: I appreciate you having me on
1: what a great guy, uh, what a cool story. And again, those friends doing it together. And each one of them have a uh, different skill set they bring to, um, to the partnership. And I, hopefully you hear this again. Remember, you don't have to master everything if somebody else is mastering it. You just need to know enough. And then if you've got a question, you go to the master. That's a beautiful thing. Guess how much faster your business can move when everybody doesn't have to be an expert in every single thing. It's just such a great place to get to. These young guys have definitely figured it out. But again, they're quick to remind us that they've had some mentors along the way that have helped shape them. And to me, that's also very cool. ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com.